0: Wow, in just a few days, we're going to celebrate Christmas. And how many know when it comes to getting gifts, it's exciting, but giving gifts can be really stressful. In fact, because you don't know, is it the right thing? Are they going to re-gift it? Does it match what they gave to me? I'm just not sure. You know, the London Times got it right a few years ago when British psychologist David Lewis did an experiment in the London shopping centers. And what they did was this. They said, we want to see the stress on men and women. And they took a poll and they did a study in the malls of London of the men from age 22 to 79 and to see what it would be like for them to shop a couple days before Christmas. They said, and then they would measure their blood pressure. They said that the men's blood pressure began to approach a fighter pilot in combat when they were shopping in the mall. Then they went ahead and took the blood pressure of women, and almost every women's blood pressure was normal after shopping the entire time. <laughs> women just know how to do it. That's why we really needed at the manger, not three wise men, we needed three wise women. Because if there were three wise women, they would have asked for directions. They would have come there not with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, with with an outfit, a baby outfit for Jesus, formula. They would have come with the casserole. They would have cleaned up the manger, and they would have got it right that night if it was three wise women. How many know that to be true? All the ladies know that. But as great as women are in gift-giving, no one's better than God. The first Christmas giver was God. And the first Christmas gift was his son. God knew how to do it. God knew that on that night that he was about to give not just any gift, he was going to give the greatest gift. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, listen to what the Apostle Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. It doesn't get better than that. And not only would he give a gift... But the Bible says he would wrap that gift. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, and Mary brought forth her firstborn, and here's the wrapping paper, and wrapped that indescribable gift in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. Because God knew what, it, what was the perfect gift for all humanity. It wasn't simply information, because then God would have sent an educator. It wasn't technology, then God would have sent us a scientist. And it wasn't even that we needed money because God would have sent us an economist. And it wasn't that we needed to be, simply have pleasure or God would have sent an entertainer. But God knew we needed forgiveness and he would send a savior on that day. That gift, that indescribable gift that God would send, that would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, would be the son of God, Jesus himself. First gift, Jesus Himself. What an indescribable gift, and how different it is from the gifts we have today. I thought about this with having my four children and Cindy with me today, and thought about all those gifts. And all I thought about was the hurdles that we have for gifts and what God made so easy in giving us a gift. If you have children, if you have grandchildren, if you have nieces and nephews, let me tell you two quick things that I've learned about giving gifts, especially when you're dealing with kids. Number one, It is so hard getting a gift out of a box to enjoy it today. They don't just package gifts. They secure gifts today. How many parents know what I'm talking about? You don't open a box and get out a doll. You don't open a box and pull out a playset. set. You've got twisties and you've got Phillips head screwdrivers. You've got to undo all these things. You've got these, these these security devices that are on the gifts that the store has to pull off and they make it like it's Fort Knox and you're wanting to give a, a little doll and they're making it look like it's a gold brick and you're going, I just paid $10 for this, but you've secured it in here. But what's amazing is that while man and Macy's will begin to secure a gift, God has made his gift so easy for us. And let me tell you what God has done. The Bible says in Acts 16:31 and Romans 10:9, listen to these words, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It doesn't get any easier than that. No twisties, no security systems. It's that simple. It makes believing that simple. By believing in the Son of God, receiving Him. By us understanding tonight how God made the most indescribable gift so accessible to us. He says, when you believe in my Son that He was enough to change you from the inside out for your sin When you believe that God sent his son to this planet to die for us, to die for our sins, and learn to confess him as Lord and savior of your life, he goes, you shall be saved. No twisties, no security systems, no one has to, you need a Phillips screwdriver to get anything out. It is that simple. See, religion is the, is the, is the secure packaging. Religion is the twisties. Religion is the screws and the security chip and the, and the plastic the plastic thing. No, that's what religion does. See, religion says you, you, you have to dress a certain way in order to become a Christian. Religion says you have to ride a bicycle in different parts of the world to be a Christian. Religion says that you have to walk around with a briefcase and sell magazines in order to go to heaven. Religion says you have to die as a martyr. That's what religion says. But God made his gift easy and accessible. God said, by believing in my son, your life can be changed today. You can't get any simpler than that. Thank God he's not Macy's. He has taken all the restrictions off and said for every person that's sitting in this place today, he is as simple as a prayer away from changing your life that we talked about from the very beginning. But let me just finish with this before we hear our finale tonight. The second thing that I realized was this. I was reading the new letters that Santa gets from children today. Much different than when we used to send a letter to Santa. I was reading just the updated version. One version said this. Dear Santa, text my dad. He has my Christmas list. Some kids come with an attitude. I was reading Bobby said... Dear Santa, if there's not a pony this year, there will be consequences. But Cindy was my favorite. This is what she said. Hey, dear Santa, if you're bringing presents, don't forget the batteries. Not only does God make the gift easy, but let me just say this to you today. Is this is a gift with power included. It is as if every toy store has made a deal with Duracell that when you come up to the cash register, you have to buy batteries. What's the use of getting a remote control for a drone if you don't have the batteries to run it? What's the use of having a joystick for Wii if there's no batteries to so you can play it? What's the use of having a gift if it needs batteries? If it doesn't have the power, it doesn't work. But the greatest thing is this. When God gave a gift, he included the power with it. Because here's what God, the Bible begins to let us know and why this is so important. And this is what I want you to understand. See, for those that try to see the, the message of Christmas as simply nothing more than a nice story that, that, that a, a man came and, and did some nice things for people and spoke some nice things and, and, and began to do some nice things in the, in the history, that doesn't work. That story doesn't have any power to it. It doesn't have any batteries to it. Understand something. If Christmas is just a holiday, then it's a present without the power. If Christmas is December 25th and I just feel good at this time of the year, then it's just simply a holiday without the power. But that's not what this is about. In fact... John the apostle John said it like this he says in John 1 12, for as many as received him he gave them power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on him the power the batteries of the story is the baby in the manger the power the batteries is that baby grew up and didn't stay in the manger the power and the batteries is that savior that baby died for you and me and the power and the batteries is he rose again from the dead and lives forever and says, I've come to change every one of your lives. Think about how amazing the gift that God has given to us. Think about this for a second. Because when you get that child, you get the batteries. When you get that child, you get the power. When you get that child, you don't leave. You don't get Sundays and you don't get a church. You get the power that's needed to live every single day. See, religion will give you a Sunday. But when you have a relationship with that baby that has the power, you are able to live successfully and victoriously every single day of your life. Because the power is included. It's that simple. Unwrapping is easy. You enter into a relationship, not a religion, by believing that He is what I need in my life. It is second, batteries are included with God's gift. You get the gift and the power source when you realize that the power is not the birth, but the whole package. Let me close with this and finish with this for just a moment. Pastor Carter was talking about, at the first service, feeling the knock at the door, like a door of the heart, and I was reading the story of a pastor who found out that one of the older ladies in his church who lost her husband, not only lost her husband, but lost resources to even pay her own rent. And the pastor said, we've got to do something. We can't let her get evicted, especially around Christmas time. It's too cold and we've got to do something to help this woman. She is a widow. She is old and we have to begin to provide the resources. And as the church pulled together money, they began to bring over to her house the money to pay her rent. For four months, she was behind And just knew if I left that house, they'd padlock the door. If I left that house, I wouldn't have any place to go. I have no family. I have nowhere to go. And a few days before Christmas, one of the leaders came to that door and knocked and had the money to pay this woman's rent. And the door would not open. And they knew she was inside, but she was not opening that door. And literally for days, they'd go back. And finally, the pastor goes, I'm going myself. She'll recognize my voice. Came there, knocked on the door and said, you have to open it up. It's your pastor. And finally, she opened it up. And he says, look what we have brought you. Look at the gift that we brought here. And he just finally said to he says, why wouldn't you open up the door? We were here for days trying to get in. And this is what her words were. She said, I heard the knocking, but I thought it was the man coming to take rent. And here's what I want to tell you today. When you're hearing a knocking on your heart today, he's not coming to take rent. He's coming to give you a gift today. (laughs) That's what he's coming to do. An indescribable gift that was wrapped in swaddling clothes that says it's as simple as breathing a prayer to say, God, I need you in my life. And a gift that has the power included to not only forgive you of your sins, but to give you the power to face every single day. That's what's amazing about this gift. He is knocking on your heart today. You feel a knocking when they were singing, O Holy Night, when Elizabeth was talking about about the pregnancy, when when you heard the innkeeper talking about the worst night became the most life-changing night, when you've heard every single song tonight, A knock was coming. And listen to me. Every person in this place, he's not coming to take rent. That was already paid on the cross. He is coming to give you a gift today. It is called forgiveness. It is called salvation. And it is called eternal life. And that can happen immediately today. That's what the knock is. All over this place, would you bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment? I want to pray with you today. That baby did change everything. You heard them sing that. That baby changed everything. And today he's come to change you. Pastor Tim, how how do I do this? What's what's the next step? Do I just keep coming to church? Jesus said this in John chapter 3 verse 5. Nobody could see the kingdom of heaven unless they're born again. Can I tell you real simply what the Christmas message is? Christmas is this. Christmas is telling you that you could never get to heaven on your own. So God came to get you and to bring you back. But he had to die for our sin. Then, Pastor Tim, how do I become born again? Why would Jesus use those words? He was saying this. Just as you had a first birth, born in a hospital, you need a second birth. Where just like he was born in a manger, he's going to be birthed in your heart. A new beginning, a new birth today. Just listen for a second. You know what the stable and your heart have in common? Is they're both dirty places and the Son of God is willing to be birthed there today. You couldn't clean them up on your own. God comes and changes us from the inside out. Then how does that happen, Pastor Tim? It's, it's as simple as A, B, C, A. I admit that I'm a sinner. That I can't fix myself with a priest or a pastor or a rabbi. I can't fix myself with a promise or a program. I can't fix myself. I I thought I was christened or baptized. I thought I took communion. I thought I went to church. I thought I was a good person. All those things are great, but if that if that was the way to get to heaven, then God wouldn't have had to send His Son. But He did send His Son. Christmas is God going. I want them to be with me forever, so I've got to go on a mission to rescue them, and be believing that. Literally, here it is. It's that simple. Believing that Jesus died for me, for my sin. He died a death I should have died because he lived a life I couldn't live to give me a reward that I didn't even deserve. And C, confessing him as Lord, to say, you're in charge now. You don't just get Sundays an hour a week. You get every day. You're in charge now. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, you feel the knocking. God is standing out there with a gift, not for rent, with a gift salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. And if you're here today, I want us to pray in the balcony on this main floor with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, maybe somebody brought you. Maybe this is your first time in the church. Maybe, maybe you were here at the 10 and you had to come back and see the same production at the three. Whatever your story is today, if you're here today and say, Pastor Tim, I want that gift. I feel that knock. When you pray that born-again prayer, and it's not some prayer that changes us, it's God that changes us. But if you're here today and say, Pastor Tim, when you pray, I want my life changed. I want to believe that today is my born-again day. It's my second birth date today. That on December 22nd, I'm going to say this is the day everything changed for me. Just as you had a birth, first birthday, today is going to be your second birth date, the born-again date. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor Tim, I'm going to open up the door. I want to pray that prayer. I want my life changed today. Wherever you're at, if that's you, without any hesitation, would you do me a favor right now? Hold up your hand as high as you can. Hold it up high. Say, Pastor Tim, when you pray that, hold it up high because I want to make sure I see every hand that's up. Keep them up all over this place. Keep them up high. Let me make sure I see every hand that's up. Keep them up. I want to wait for just a second. Let me just tell you something. In the balcony, on this main floor, if you have raised your hand and say, I want my life changed today. Here's what I want to do. I want you to stand to your feet right now and walk right down here. I want to meet you and pray for you right now. Quickly, just stand to your feet with your hands are up. Come on, quickly stand up to your feet. Balcony, we're going to wait for you. We want you to begin to make your way down. Come on, stand up, and I want you to begin to walk down. There's people all over this place, and we're going to believe. Hey, can we clap for them and welcome them? Come on, you come down. All those that raise their hand. Would you stand to your feet? Because I want to make sure they have an easy way to get out. Quickly, as you walk down here, this is going to be a day that's going to change their life. We're believing that this is going to be the beginning of a brand new start and a brand new change for your life. Come on, Times Square Church. Would you welcome those as they're coming down? Because we're all going to pray. Let's all stand together as they come and believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah standing with us, would you just look at me for a second? This is the beginning of a brand new life that changes you. This is where it all begins. You felt something. How many felt a knock? Like this just kind of, and, and everybody was afraid to open up because they thought it was rent due. And we New Yorkers know about that. Amen. It's not rent. It's a gift today. And he's come to give a gift. I want us to pray together. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. In fact, we're all going to pray this together because I want you to know it's, this is not some special prayer. You know what it is? It simply just comes from the heart. That's all it is. I, I can't change you. A prayer can't change you. Only God can change you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes and I want us to all pray this out loud together. Come on, let's say this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus... I turn from my sin to be born again. Come on, say this with me. God is my father. Jesus is my savior. The Holy Spirit is my power. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, can you put your hands together?